This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. This is Chris Grosso with the Indie Spiritualist Podcast on the Be Here Now Network. And my dear guest today is Miss Colette Baron Reed. Colette, thank you so much for being with me today. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's so exciting to be here with you, although I am sort of in my pajamas because I'm ca- I caught something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's how we do it here. Super relaxed, come as you are, so it couldn't be more perfect. Coffee, gum, pajamas, and you. It's all good. <laughs> Love it. So let me just read really quick this nice abridged bio I have before we jump into the conversation in case there's anyone listening that's not familiar with your work. Uh, Colette Baron-Reed is an internationally acclaimed psychic medium celebrated by clients across the globe who fondly refer to her as the Oracle, a best-selling author in 27 languages. That's really impressive. Uh, And the star of the hit TV series Messages from Spirit on Vision TV, Colette was voted one of the 100 most spiritually influential people in 2013 and 2014 on Watkins' list. You can often find Colette with her husband and three fluffy palms hanging out at their farm or riding their Harleys. Very nice. For more, yeah. visit ColetteBaronReed.com. That's why I love you, Colette. You're, you're pretty badass in what you do in all areas of your life. Yeah, well, we, we, we love it all. We love it all. It was funny when I was listening to you were saying, you know, in 2013 and 2014 and the Watkins list. And meanwhile, what happened in 2015 and 2016, right? <laughs> Either way. In those two years, I was one of the most spiritually influential people alive. That was And amazing. then it just went downhill from there. I, <laughs> but hey, you have those you have those two years, you know, and, and people look at the, those lists. I look at them every year and I know I'm, I don't expect to see my name, but I'm always intrigued. By who's on there. And I mean, the fact that you're on there with 99 other cream of the crop teachers, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I was in the 80s. I was in the 60s. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was there, I was totally. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk about a couple of things today, Colette. We're going to talk about this new book, the semi-new book that you have out. It's called Uncharted, which mm-hmm. is a wonderful read. And we're also going to talk about um, this wonderful new Oracle school that you're going to be launching. I figure the the proper segue order of things, let's start with the book. We're going to talk a little bit about that, and then we'll we'll kind of transition into the Oracle school. So awesome. to start with something just easiest and kind of obvious, how about let's talk about the inspiration for writing the book? Why this mm-hmm. book? Why now? Well, it was funny because I, I, it is now, it's, it's more pertinent now than when I wrote it, to be honest, because mm-hmm. Uncharted, Uncharted was originally supposed to be the sophomore book to the map, which was the one that was published in 27 languages. Yeah. It was sort of supposed to be a sequel, but it took a life of its, took on a life of its own as I, uh, when I was living in Connecticut, which is when I wrote the book two years ago, I would be meditating and uh, it was literally after I had shot my TV show, um, Messages from Spirit in Canada, hmm. that, and I had done like over 300 readings in like 12 shooting days, and I've never done that many mediumship readings in my life wow. in, a, in a row like that. And uh, when I left, I found myself, you know, well, actually during the shooting, I, I found myself 
really dissociated from myself. And you really kind of have to be in order to do those kind of readings. You can't be filtering through yourself. Like you just have to skip over you, sublimate the ego, get out of your own way and do it. Yeah. But it was, it was like so dis disjointed, disjointing for me. I couldn't put myself back together afterwards. So the bottom line is, is that, um, I started feeling, um, when I, when I left that I kind of had this chorus of voices that still sort of stayed with me that initially I thought, Oh wow, there's all these dead people. Okay, go home, go away. <laughs> and then, and it was just through med- in my meditation, I just noticed that there was this kind of a chorus and, uh, that I, and I don't even know how to explain the hearing of it, but it's different than a typical hearing, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so then it became pr- obvious to me that they weren't dead people. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, okay, you do not sound like the dead people. And and I talk about that in my book saying that it was as if I, it was as if like uh, people came to a party and didn't leave and they were still at the kitchen table the next day when I got up kind yeah, of vibe. Yeah. And, uh, so, um, I was trying to explain this so that, so, and I, and I would get these downloads from this. Um, and it reminded me actually of when I had my first experience with a group of the angels in, when I was in my twenties, my late twenties, when I first started doing readings and, uh, which was like close to 30 years ago. Hmm. Oh my God, don't tell my age. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, uh, and, uh, it was the same sound. It was like they hummed. It was a humming sound. Mm-hmm. So when I'd meditate and I would listen, it would be kind of like I'm listening in on a conversation. And I'd hear this kind of humming, vibratory, cool, fabulous, happy, 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 happy. And um, so I'm trying to tell my editor this while we're, while we're constructing a book that was really what I was hoping to be my sophisticated way of explaining uncertainty, yeah. right? And I really wanted to be smart, and, you know, I'd studied, you know, quantum physics. I'm a real science geek and I wanted to explain the brain and, you know, how does this happen and, and like bring it into this whole metaphysical concept. And, and it totally went south from there <laughs> <laughs> because the universe was like, nah, we're going to keep it simple. Mm. Um, so uh, we don't care how smart you are. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about that. They just want to know, you know, what's really going on. Sure. So. So I was talking to my editor about this and and I had this whole download of this image of the soul's map and everything. And really the whole purpose of the book was all about how do we, how do we navigate the world when uncertainty is our new normal? And, uh, so, uh, I tried to explain to her, I said, well, I'm hearing this, these voices. And she goes, well, what are they? And she kept trying to call them spirits and what they're not spirits. And she goes, well, we'll ask them who they are, what they are. I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. So I'm kind of like, hello in there. <laughs> Just kind of like, a... meanwhile, I talk to dead people. Okay. So like, why is this weird? Why would I think this is weird? So, um, but I think it's weird. So I'm in there going, hello, you know, like, who are you? And then I get all like fried and like, as if I ate like a whole cake, you know, and like, I'm all like stoned on sugar. That's what it felt like. And, you know, I'm an ex addict. So I, I've had an eating disorder too. So I know what it's like to eat a whole cake. Yeah. You and me both. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm like, so I'm like practically drooling that funny. And then all of a sudden I hear you are, we, we are, we, we are when you listen. I'm hearing this clear as anything, but like a chorus talking to me. And I'm like, okay, thank you for sharing. Like, well, that doesn't help me really. But like, what do I call you? And I'm like, seriously, at this point, completely blown away thinking like, wow, these are definitely these light beings that I saw years ago. And they're going to tell me that they are all the archangels put together. I'm expecting this. Why would I not, right? right? Doreen Virtue talks to all these angels and whatever, sure. and other people do, right? So this is what I am expecting. Buddha's, you know, coterie or whatever. Yeah. I hear Fred. <laughs> and I'm like, no freaking way am I going to get Fred. There's no way. Me that wants to be a smarty pants, you know, whatever. I'm not calling you Fred. Like, there's no way. And then I hear Fred, 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 Fred. We are we. We are Fred. Fred, 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 Fred. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> but then... Uh, then wait till you hear this. Then I'm like still in my meditation. I mean, I meditate every single day, 45 minutes to 90 minutes a day without yeah. fail ever. So, I mean, it is my practice, but this is different. I'm like in a whole other dimension of consciousness and I'm like, Oh, righty then. And it's so it's, I've been clean and sober 31 years. There's definitely not any leftover acid <laughs> in the system. It's all gone by now. You know what I'm saying? It's like I, all too so well. Cool. I do. Yeah. 
right? Oh, okay. yeah. This, this is real. So I'm like, okay, Fred. And the next thing you know, I kind of go back like this again and boof, there I see Dana Carvey with the glasses and a wig on. Now I, from Wayne's world. Yeah. Now I couldn't remember. I mean, I, I, I didn't even really like the movie when I saw it years ago, like, cause it wasn't really my thing. And I'm like, what the F is going on? Right. So Wayne's world got, so I'm like, Oh, wait a second. Okay. This, these, this energy, these, this, this chorus of voices, Fred wants me to understand this. These are symbols. This is metaphor. Hang on. So anyway, I, afterwards I'm like calling my friends, like what, tell me about this Dana Carvey character in, in Wayne's world. And they says his name is Garth. Now, in a process that I developed years ago, which was introduced in the map called the Envision Process, and it's a, it's a form of meditation based on active imagination. Anyway, one of the things that happens in it is if you ask your bird or whatever character that shows up for you what its name is, yeah. then we go and look up the etymology of the name, right? So the background of the name. So I thought, ooh, okay, so the, this, this chorus of voices is saying that they're Fred and Garth. So I look it up and Fred is the ruler of peace and Garth is the defender of the garden. Wow. I'm like, I'm talking to the ruler of peace, defender of the garden. Oh <laughs> Not <laughs> right? bad. Not bad. Right. And I'm like, okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. You're Fred. Yeah. So, but it was humorous and it was very, and every time that I was, and when I was typing and writing, it was like stuff would just show up on my computer that I thought that I, when every time I would get into this real heady and I have a problem with that, I get very heady yeah. and it, and, and out of my heart sometimes, cause I'm trying to explain things that are really difficult concepts to people. But in fact, what happened was, is that it got very simple and I realized that, you know, so, so the construct of the book became through Fred, um, this, this map of the soul, they were saying that we human beings create reality. We think that we're manifesting reality in the mundane world, in the world of form first, that typically we will go after a goal mm. and that will give us certainty that I want that thing over there. I'm going to go get that thing. And we're going to force and force our way when we see the world as separated, when there's a concept of the separation, separated universe and the end time and space is linear. Right. right. But right. what I saw was a completely opposite map and that, and it was a linear two dimensional map. This one was a spherical map where everything takes place in the realm of spirit. So there are five realms of co-creation spirit being the first one. And it's, yeah. they showed me how we really create reality that it's first from essence. Essence is key. The essence is before form and essence then goes to mind. And then the great mind. So that the idea that it's thought somehow in the great thought, and then we think it, and then we shed light on it. We shed light on our shadow and we look at, we illuminate what is here. And then the realm of light goes to the realm of energy where there is motion, right? So everything becomes energy before it is form, before it coalesces into form, it is energy. So it goes through these five, five realms of co-creation. And then they describe to me, you know, kind of this process of how we really co-create. And if we keep reminding ourselves that spirit or the quantum field or, or the great mind or the dude or Fred or, or however right, we want to right. call the invisible force that is creative or the matrix, the divine matrix, and I call it spirit because it's easier or God even, um, that that is our partner, our, our, our partner in creating reality. And when we turn our will and our life over to that, the care of that partnership, right? You understand yeah. that language. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, miracles are possible, but it's only when we self will run riot. Right. And they used everything that I know about my recovery too to show me all the, like, because in recovery, I'm going to go back to that for people who, who care about to know about me. It's not this that I'm a known psychic medium. I wasn't always like that. I was a drug addict and an yeah, alcoholic. Yeah. And, and when I got clean and sober, that was when everything started happening to me. And I started learning that miracles would come with when I were, you know, followed a specific plan, a spiritual way of seeing the world and acting and behaving. And, and, and then miracles really did start showing up. And I realized that that recovery program was actually a metaphysical program. And that's how I found myself in this metaphysical world. And so applying this to anybody, anyone at all, you know, that if we really were to look at, um, you know, how we create reality, how synchronicity works in our life, how oracles work, how all of these things, these communication that we can have with the divine. Right. And right. then when we, we actually see what is the highest good show up for us, 
we realize that we are being gifted with this extraordinary life, right? That we are not powerless that, but we're only when we are partnered with spirit that we, we then all of a sudden have access. We plug into power, Mm. but to the kind of power, the higher power that really knows what is the highest good for us instead of our small self, which runs around you know, wanting, I want, I want, I want, I want. (laughs) Yeah. The human condition. Right. Right. Um, you talk about too in the book and I don't know if this is interchangeable or not, so I'd love some clarity, but you talk about soul and I appreciate the way that you address that. And, and actually you have a section in the book, not a chapter, but a section, I believe in Mm -hmm. one of the chapters, it's called your soul is calling, please pick up. And so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that, about, you know, what the soul is from your experience, what that means to you, and then how we can become aware of its call. So I believe that the soul is immortal, first of all, that the soul is an individuated spark of the divine. So it is individuation of God. Sure. All right. So and that every one of us has a spark of of the divine within us. And that soul is. It stewards us from the time that we're born until it's time to drop the body. And it needs us. So it it actually needs us in a corporeal form with a personality in order to express itself and to experience life. Because it needs a person and a body and a personality to have an experience that it can't have. Can't have an experience in the mundane world until it has something to have an experience through. So the soul is really kind of our overseer but a partner with us. And, and it is actually the, how God or spirit or the divine mind creates art in the yeah. world. It creates through us and the soul is its connection. So it's kind of like our middleman, um, but it's all connected. So nothing is separate, but we, we have to, just the way our minds work, we have to see things as separated parts, but mm-hmm. it's part of us. But it's interesting because it gets pushed away uh, when the ego mind or the small self is what I call the ego, mm. because we need, we need a small self, we need it. But when it thinks it's the boss and yeah. we can't hear it and it won't push itself in, it'll kind of like, okay, I'll go play cards with the angels now until you, until you're ready. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, we want to be, we want to suffering. Okay. We'll have some more of that. Yeah. That's getting boring now, but okay. Cause it really just wants to experience one of my friends, Deborah Silverman, who you have to have on your show. Okay. She's a phenomenal uh, psychologist, astrologer, and she says the soul is like a slut, is an experienced slut. Just wants to have an experience, no matter what it is. Let's just have an experience. Okay, this is good, anything. But what we don't want is suffering over our own suffering, right? And so the soul, once once we get out of our own way, the soul really understands the map it wants to follow, but it'll do anything. That's why, that's why we can really suffer. Why we don't get, we don't get rescued out of our suffering unless we ask, unless we've surrendered it. Yeah. Because, Uh, go ahead. So, so say someone's listening and they're in that place of like, they're in it, you know, as you've been in it, I've been in it both in recovery from drugs and alcohol. And even if not, I mean, people are in it as part of this human experience. Yeah. Gambling, sex, shopping. I mean, just there's a myriad forms of misery and suffering. So let's say someone is listening to this. And they're like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to surrender. What do you say to that? Well, if they say I'm ready to surrender, I'm like, because surrendering is hitting a bottom, sure. right? Is really saying I have to give this up because I can't take it anymore. Yeah. So if I'm talking to a person that's an addict, right, specifically, because that's what you said. Sure. You know, I'm a big, big fan of the 12 steps. I'm a big fan of a spiritual path, right? Of choosing a path. But there are many paths to enlightenment. You have to pick one. Right. So, and having a community of like-minded people, it's like, okay, so something has to replace it, right? There has to be something that replaces that. So I'd say, you know, well, I mean, my, because I only have my own personal experience to go on to, I would send them to a 12 step program. Um, or, you know, also I went to the Tibetan Buddhists to learn meditation. I went to the Namyo Harengekyo people to like do my chanting. I mean, I've done everything. Okay. Sure, I've been like a tourist. <laughs> I was hit on the head at the Zen temple. So I don't like that, yeah. you know? So it's like, really, if you're really ready, then you're ready to see the miracles. Yeah. And then it's literally praying and asking every single day, what is the next right action? Beautiful. And, and thank you for sharing that because as you said, there's there's no shortage of paths, and it's not that one is any more right than the other. It's just 
which finding which one is right for you. Buddhism is a really big one too. Oh, absolutely. In Noah Levine, who is the author of Dharma Punks and Against the Stream uh, within the last few years, uh, launched um, Refuge Recovery which has taken is off. Cool. It's beautiful. It's a Buddhist perspective on the 12 steps. I, I am a fan of the 12 steps too. I have no issue. It's been a big help in my life, but I yeah. also love refuge recovery. You know, it's, Me it's too. wonderful, you know, so. And you got Tommy Rosen's recovery, recovery 2.0. 2.0. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's lots of things, right? Yeah. So, but I can only speak to my personal experience. Right. Otherwise it doesn't have integrity. Of course. Yeah. But then it's just me like saying, well, maybe this, but I know what saved my life. Yeah. And you know, the other thing that saved my life, which is, and I know we're not going to talk about that yet, but I do mention it in the book was oracles. Yeah. You know, when I first got clean and sober, I didn't trust myself. Yeah. And, um, and I did find that really well done oracles at the time, my favorite deck that really helped me guide me on that day was Jamie Sam's, um, medicine cards, which was like over 30 years ago, she published those. And then I learned the I Ching that helped me understand where I was and how I was evolving. And then I learned the tarot, which, which actually was kind of hard. So I, I, I stuck with this some more simpler ones Mm. like, like Celtic runes. And it really helped me see, you know, that there was something that was my friend, you know, that was going to always lead me in good orderly direction. Um, that was, that to me was God, good orderly direction, always for the highest good. Um, you know, and, and so I, I did everything. I, I got as many tools as I could to help me move forward in a way that was compassionate Mm. and eventually self-caring because I I had a lot of baggage and that I could forgive, you know, I could forgive. So, so Uncharted talks about that too. You know, the book really part of this whole purpose of writing the book is to tell people, yeah, like the new normal is uncertainty, but can we give that up for the, for the, um, the uncharted seas of the divine where we don't know what's best for us, that we just have to show up and surrender it and saying, okay, I won't be attached to the form, but here's the essence of my desire, you know, to serve, to be a good person, to, to be creative, you know, to, to, uh, to contribute, to collaborate. And then, you know, not getting attached to the Ferrari form. You know what I'm saying? Right. 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 Well, so something else that I absolutely love in Uncharted um, is you offer a number of exercises, which I I, I really appreciate any time a book does that, because it's one thing to talk all day about this or that. But when you give someone something, you know, a a way to put it into action, I think that's when things, you know, the rubber hits the road, so to speak. So the book book actually doesn't have legs until you do the exercises. Right. Exactly. Right. It's just otherwise you got to do the exercises right. otherwise you're you're not experiencing the book yes it's it's knowledge which is fine but it's not experience you know you need to take that yeah. knowledge and create experience so is there one that you think would be applicable to share here with the audience i mean i know um you had awakening the observing self at home in the realm of spirit a, a number of others is there anything you know that- i think i think awakening the observing self is is uh, a really big one um and the one i like to teach people which i think would be great to teach is is actually i think it's i'm going to mix it up because yeah. i don't know if i'm going to mix it up and give you guys a hybrid of an Beautiful. exercise right so um because i talk about i have a whole chapter called how to train your dragons yes i love so, that chapter right? yes all right, so I'm going to do an exercise called "Get on Your Dragon." Okay. And how, why we do it is uh, is to get out of identifying with an emotional state. Yeah. So right now, I would say, and I don't know when people are going to hear this because I know we're taping it, right? Yep, very soon, um, not, not too long. Very now. soon. Okay. So in America, we're uh, we're at inauguration week, yeah. right? So there's lots going on. And, uh, the world world is, is a, what does it say? The the new world disorder. (laughs) So, so we, you know, there is, um, it's hard for people. We just came out of a big full moon in cancer to not get, allow themselves the fear that comes along with uncertainty. Right. And so fear stops us when, when we are afraid and, and whenever we get into that sense of feeling overwhelmed by what, what's in the news, like you can't really trust anything. I think there's a real aggressive, um, aggressive and relentlessness, uh, aggression, uh, relentless aggression in the Mm -hmm. media to keep people ill at ease. Um, I really believe that because if you look at, 
if you actually seek, go on the internet, you see all kinds of good news. If you type in like latest scientific findings, that, 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 and if you wanted to compile that and put that on the news every day, you'd believe that the world was really a great place. Yeah. Good point. Right. So, and, uh, nobody is putting out there all the good that's possible. Right. Right. So they just want to put all the stuff that could be bad. So that affects everybody. Yeah. So, so what I would like to invite you, and you can do it with me, okay? I would so, love to. I'm going to suggest to you, when you are uh, feeling anxious or afraid or on edge, mm-hmm. um, what would if that place if that was a place you inhabited, what would it look like? Ooh. Instead of feelings you feel. Yeah. So, what would it look like? I think the first thing that comes to mind, just as you're asking, is kind of a a, a barren wasteland, just me kind of dark, cloudy, okay. no buildings, you know, just a almost, you know, kind of very, yeah, desolate looking. Almost post-apocalyptic. Yes, very much so. Yeah. And maybe yeah. it's because of, we've been talking I'm, about that, but I'm reading your mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah okay. so that's what I'm seeing. Right. Right. So it's kind of like everything is shattered and there's no hope, right? There's yes. no hope in a landscape like yes. that. Yes. Very so. lonely. No, no other people, just me mm-hmm. in that place. And so you can't affect anybody there. So all the things that you would see yourself as, as it would get challenged in that landscape. Okay. So do you notice that uh, you're, you can look at the landscape, that you are not the landscape, that in fact you are the one looking at the landscape? Yes. Okay, great. Um, and you guys can do this with your eyes open or you can do it with your eyes closed. Chris and I are doing it with eyes open. Yeah. All right. So now, um, if I could, uh, if, if I could just first ask you, how does it feel in your body to be there? Uh, cold and kind of empty. Is there tension anywhere? Is there like, um, in my chest, I feel like a a bit of a tightening, Um, tightening. Yeah. That was just, you know, your state of mind is where you live. So, right. You're not, you're there, you're trapped there. Right. right? Cause that's how we all are. When we identify with our feelings, we're actually trapped in our feelings, right? Sure. Yeah. All right. So if I could give you a way out, would you take it? Of course. Yes. Excellent. Okay. So I'd like you just to be open-minded to imagine that at, when you were born, a baby dragon was born. Okay. You. And that dragon represents personal power. But um, most of us feed it junk food and it doesn't get to stretch its wings. And it's been sitting in there burping and farting inside of us and, you know, unable to really express itself. And so it sets fire to things and you know, there's anger and there's fear and there's all kinds of stuff. But we want to we believe that if we let it out and allow it to do its job, it will be able to take us to a place of calm and peace and just away from our stress. So tell me what your dragon looks like when it shows up, because it's going to come and you're going to get a chance to give it a ride on it. So mm. what shows up for you in your mind's eye? And whatever comes to you is the correct thing. So I guess I'm kind of seeing that somewhat uh quintessential image of like a a green dragon but not like the cartoony kind you know like the empowered game of thrones kind of dragon that's you know badass (laughs) and uh you know breathes the fire it's not to be messed with kind of dragon that's yeah that's what i'm seeing okay so i'm going to invite you to get on its back okay (laughs) and move your move your sits bones side to side a tiny bit so you actually allow your body to feel like in your mind you are actually getting on its back Okay. Now I'd like you to close your eyes mm-hmm. right now because this part I'd like you to close your eyes. With, and I want you to allow yourself to feel what it feels like to allow the dragon to take you high, high in the sky, 10,000 feet up in the air until all you see is the most beautiful velvety blue you've ever seen in your life. I'll tell you, it feels good and also a bit frightening as I'm scared of heights. So I'm picturing myself holding on, you know, tightly. Okay. Uh, but it's 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 pretty beautiful too. So just imagine that the dragon, just the dragon by you saying that you have some fear, the dragon allows you a sense of, oh, it's like it gives you a pheromone that you're completely safe on its back and you cannot possibly fall off. Okay. Um, that feels. I feel a, you- a sense of relaxation. My shoulders feel like they kind of, you know, drop down a little bit. Excellent. Um, yeah. So let me know how your body feels. You're starting to drop down, like you said. Your shoulders drop down a bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it feels more relaxed. Um, so have a peek over the wing of this dragon and see how big or small your original place is. 
Uh, it's it's tiny. Um, so it, yeah. it, can't, it can't really affect you up there, can no, it? No. no. So um, being on the dragon is actually the environment you're on right now. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to invite you to open your eyes now. I like that. So, <laughs> it's fun, right? But you actually create a different hormone response in your body. No kidding. So, so you create this visual exercise because you can't think your way out of fear. You can't right. think your way out of that. So the active imagination piece is the one that connects to your unconscious, which connects to your soul self, really. Your soul uses the unconscious to provide you with pictures mm-hmm. because you, you don't conjure the pictures. The pictures pick you, right? Uh, like yeah. you wouldn't have made that up. Like, that's why I say people think, oh, I expected to be here, but I ended up there. Or I expected a dragon that looked like that, but now it was like this funny thing. And right. So you, you don't pick it. And then when you, when you're able to create something called spatial distance between you and the original place, all of a sudden you realize like, oh, I'm not there anymore. But we didn't do anything except move your mind. Wow. And I literally feel the difference in my body. Like I, you know, cause I, I did the exercise with you. I went there to that barren place. Yeah. I went there high in the sky and mm-hmm. it was a, it was a real shift. And that was really cool about the pheromone release because I, you know, I was like feeling nervous up there. Um, yeah. but after you did that, that that's pretty great. And yeah. it's just really, um, you know, it's an interesting thing because the subconscious really is fascinated by this, like the subconscious that's looking to train itself, right? Like, Ooh, is this real? This is real because we're creating a sensation in the body. The subconscious is now taking that on Mm. as a memory, right? We're going to store that one so that whenever you think of a dragon and getting on its back, like the, it's going to go click, right? Because yes, we get relaxed with dragons. And the reason I love the idea of a dragon was because like before it used to be called get on your bird. When I first started the, the, um, uh, creating this process, because it really came as a kind of a mishmash of shamanic journeying, a Jung's active imagination, and then my interest yeah. in eco psychology and psychoecology, right? So the whole spiritual ecology that yeah. that the world is ensouled and that. And the first peoples on earth, when you when they the earliest cave drawings and primitive drawings of primitive man, all of them uh, imply that cr- creatures who fly, um, are special because they're the only ones we can't mimic. And so all human beings have seen those as, as somehow connected as messengers of the gods, mm. right? So birds, that's the only one that you're, cause you, we all have an ancestral subconscious too, like goes back to our ancestors. So sure. it's the only thing that the subconscious will not deny you. Because it doesn't have any answer. It doesn't say, no, this is the better way. No, you can't. Have, it'll say, oh, bird. Yeah, bird, 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 bird. Yeah, bird. <laughs> and wow. now it's dragon. Yeah, dragon. <laughs> because it flies. Yeah. Right? Fascinating. So, so fascinating. It is really interesting. Yeah. So that's the smarty pants part. But anyway, the doing <laughs> it, the doing it is the really key piece yeah. that we have protocols and ways, ways for us to empower ourselves. Cause we would make very different choices when we're calm and observant than we would when we are reactive and afraid. Yeah. And we cannot be intuitive when we are reactive and afraid. The only thing that works is our instinct for survival. So we're in, on the defensive mode. Mm. This way we have choice yeah. because we're not dealing with defending ourselves. We're not doing it with we're being on patrol, worrying about what's going to happen next. But it really is important for us right now, I think, to balance two things. One, the amount of media that we take in. Sure. Yeah. Right? Um, and, you know, I really do believe that spiritual activism is all about us not being against something, but by behaving and owning and embodying the person that we want to be in the world. Sure. And, right? And not giving our power away. So there's a fine line right now, given that everything is so topsy-turvy. Yeah. Um to stay out of reactivity because reaction doesn't work. Yeah. doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Been there, done that, learned the hard way. Me well, too. And then I thought I learned and then I had to relearn and you know, life. It teaches We're going to keep us. relearning until we're dead. Right, right, right. I have a whole thing in there about spiritual narcolepsy. We're going to fall asleep at the wheel just when we think we're spiritual giants. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> especially when. It's like, wow, I'm manifesting amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, everything is so shitty. I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, seriously. So, this is like, wake up again. Whoa, what was that? Yeah. I Now, I, I want to 
talk about the Oracle School. Before we do that, I mean, we could have spent the whole show in the book, obviously. There's so yeah. much in it we didn't get to. But let me just ask you one final question like before we jump what? over. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, I guess what what's what's one one hope or if you have a few, like what, what do you want readers to take away? You know, as we're bringing this part of the conversation to a close, what what you know, what could readers expect? What do you what you know, what do you really hope they get from Uncharted? I hope they get I hope they get a lot of hope. Yeah. That they are not powerless. Yeah. Um, that uncertainty is actually an invitation into miracles. Yeah. Um, and to 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 trust that they can learn ways to manage their fear and that if they could learn to um trust that spirit has a better idea of the form that's best for them, yeah. um, right, then I will have done my job. Mm. You know, and I also have a big book club. Everybody can join on Facebook. It's called the Uncharted Book Club, and anybody can come on there. And it's so fun. People take pictures of their book, they draw in their book, and they show everybody, and yeah. and and they sort of track their progress. And you know, and then we talk about oracles too. That that's a way out of you know how do we speak to the un you know how do when we enter into the uncharted, what helps us navigate things? And yeah. this is the segue into the school. So, which is perfect, yeah. Because one thing that I appreciate that you say is that. Everyone is born with this natural gifts, you know, the natural gifts of an oracle and just that most of us don't tap into them, you know, and right. And, and that's something that I've become more curious about this actually since I met you last year when we were in Phoenix together at Celebrate Your Life and we had that really lovely dinner and you were mentioning what really started to pique my curiosity was young and his interest in these sorts Mm -hmm. of things. Um, so it's, let's talk about that. You know, how can we remove this dormancy and start using these intuitive gifts that, as you say, literally everyone has. It's not that anyone's more special. It's just we're not attuned. No. Well, and, and also we all have to give ourselves uh, a break because, um, you know, we've been indoctrinated into like 400 years of materialism, materialist thinking. Sure. Um, so it's nobody's fault. It's just in our bones. And we aren't trained or, or taught um, uh, that, you know, that we can have a personal conscious contact to a higher power yeah. that can help us make the right next right decision. So, um, but there have been systems of communication that help people, um, ma- manage their intuition so that they start to trust it more, which is why I started, you know, my fascination with oracles happened like 30 years ago and why I made it my, you know, my life's work to modernize and, and, um, synthesize the ancient systems, give them, uh, give them a a different series of metaphors that could work for us to actually mirror the human experience. So it could help us make decisions based on what we see in these communication systems. So it's kind of like a a pictorial alphabet of life experience and that anybody can learn how to use them. And then that helps them trust themselves more Mm. like, Ooh, Oh wow. Yeah. I knew that before. Ooh, yes. I knew that. I didn't want to know that. (laughs) Right. I didn't really want to know that. Um, and so that we learn to trust that still small voice. So it's not that we have to use oracles. It's just that they are a tool. They're an instrument. They're like Harry Potter's wand. Yeah. You know, like Harry had already access to magic, but the wand, you know, Patronus, right? Like, right. You know what I mean? It's like that. And, and, or if we look at, um, I, like I always say, Oracle School is like a cross between Hogwarts and Jedi School. Right? <laughs> it's, it's a win-win it's, right it's, there. Yeah. Right. Because like if you look at the Jedi, it's like the force is in you. You learn how to work with the force. And and so that's and, – and both of them plus Avatar too with the dragons. Mm. They, these all you know, were based on myths that – that have existed since the beginning of time where we've all know that there is a power and a force that loves us, that's created us. And how do we tap into that? And instead of seeing the world as separated parts and everything that's invisible that we can't see with our, with our eyes is empty. It isn't right. Right. So, so, um, there's a simple exercise I would love to teach everybody. Exercises Um, are great. Yep. So, um, whenever you have an intuitive hit, it will feel like telling the truth. So if you were to tell me something completely true about yourself, Chris, just say one thing. All right. Well, I guess what comes to mind is because you're just talking about Star Wars. I, I chuckled because when I saw um, the most recent one, um, and of course the name is 
past Rogue, Rogue One. Thank you. There was a scene where uh, one of the blind or the blind man in the film said, I am one with the force. The force is in me or something like that over and over. And I got a little embarrassed. I, I saw it by myself, but I started tearing up because it just resonated because it's like, yes, a hundred percent. And I actually have not told anyone that not out of shame, but it just hasn't come up in conversational context. So there's one well, true thing. Are. Okay. Exclusive. <laughs> so doesn't that feel like that resonates in your body, like an instrument that's, that's harmonically in tune yes. when you say that? Yes, it does. Now tell it me does. a blatant lie. Uh, I weigh 57 pounds. Okay. So how does that feel in your body when you say that? A little goofy, but um, off kilter. like Off kilter. Yeah. Okay. So when you're really wanting to convince somebody of a lie, um, what'll happen is in your body, you're going to feel it first. You'll have, you'll recognize that there was intellect. There's a piece of thought, right? Mm. It's a thought process. And then there's tension in the body somewhere yeah. or you get high on lying, by the way, too. Lying is like getting high mm. because there's a kind of a false power around lying and truth just feels like a plunk. It just is intuition is the plunk just is that is when you are intuitively aligned when you are wishful thinking or when you are trying to force an idea of what's going on right it will feel like lying yes and i am nodding and smiling because i know that all too well because in my yes. case the mind the intellect is saying one thing which you're talking about but the mind wants it to be a different way and that right. mind can be so powerful. And, and for me, I'll be the first to admit there are times where I completely ignore the, the gut intuition and kind of follow the mind. And I teach this. <laughs> okay. I teach it because there's all kinds of reasons why we don't want things to be true. And it's right. because we have a desire and an attachment. So attachment yeah. is also, so it's a very, it's a little complicated, but, um, but this is what my life's purpose is, is to really help people get more. So you, you're more in tune with intuition than you are out of tune with intuition. Right. And so that there's a, there's a friendly dynamic between the intellect and intuition as opposed to them being enemies and one, mm -hmm. one being very superstitious. And to get out of that whole religious concept that this is evil and the devil, you know what I mean? And all that, yeah. which is total bullshit. Um, and um, that in fact... You know, we got a chance, we, we got a chance to, um, all of us get a chance, sorry, to play with both and then be allowed to fall on your face, right? You know, you have to be allowed to fall asleep and then, and, and give yourself a break and, and check it out again. And so Oracle School, which is why I created it, was a way to teach people how to be okay with the process you know, and to be okay when they, oh, that's interesting. Look what I did again. Mm. Like, how does that feel? So they start to really track their energy and realize in advance, okay, I get it. So that, that you, your recovery time is much faster than look at the damage I made yeah. by, by following this. Right. And then you get out of that conformity, that conformist idea of, um, you know, of, of how you have to see yourself. And the same thing with the idea of the whole religious context where there, where there is like, you know, God is over there. You have to have an intermediary as opposed to the Gnostic experience of knowing your higher power individually and personally. Right. And which right. is what, why, why oracles are important because I'm telling people like you can have a divine dialogue all by yourself without, you know, not just not to take away from religion, but sure, sure. also as something else. So say I'm, I'm listening to this conversation and I don't know much about oracles, you know, I'm, but I'm I'm here I'm listening and I'm I'm fascinated. Okay, great. So would the oracle school be something that's you know that's applicable for someone with little to no background in it? Yeah. Okay. And so can you give us a yeah. little overview of Yeah. So so the purpose of oracle school is not to train people how to read cards. Yeah. Okay? It's actually to teach people how to co-create a unique, authentic, inspired life yeah. and then help others do the same by using Oracle cards as the instrument of communication. Yeah. So we teach people how to track themselves. It's really a personal development experience. Only Oracle cards are the tracking device. They're the communication device. They're the things that give you navigation, you know, in your world. And you start to trust that there is this force that speaks to you via these, the instrument of the cards. 
the cards were created by me yeah. and they're all the cards that I've created are derivatives of ancient Oracle systems that have existed for thousands and thousands of years that indigenous cultures and, and early wisdom traditions, um, and also early spiritual traditions that were pre monotheism, uh, yeah. where they used, um, you know, tools like runes, like, like alphabets and, and, uh, leaves and signs in, in nature and things where we, where we see the world as a communicative and, and ensouled through symbolic and meaningful communication. Yeah. So no, nobody needs to know anything to come into the school. As a matter of fact, the less you know, the better, because you're going to be teachable. Oh, that's and perfect. Miraculous it is. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I know part of working with the Oracle is you're asking questions, right? And and that's okay, where... That's a good question. Right. What so, is it that is good? What do I need to know? Yeah. So can you talk about that, you know, about asking the right questions and how, you know, yeah. we formulate these questions and for guidance? <laughs> Oh boy, somebody's at my door. Doggies. I'm going to no, we're all going to go to the door together. We're going to walk and talk. That's why I love this show that you never yes, know what'll happen. My husband isn't here oh, no. and FedEx is going to give me something. <laughs> so, on the Chris Grosso show, yes. on healing, on the healing path <laughs> with Chris Grosso, we are going to meet FedEx at my door. I love it. And and we have all my little dogs. Oh, I I know there they are. Aww. Okay, hang on, hang on. Hi, I know. I've decided I'm on it. Okay, thank you. There you go. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Have a nice day. <laughs> Wee! Look at all my babies. They are gorgeous. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh oh. Okay. Okay, everybody, go back. No, no. That was mommy's thyroid pills. <laughs> I live in a beautiful farm. Yeah, it's very nice. And, uh, you can see, oh, yeah, don't start howling now. <laughs> okay. So, oracles, back to oracles. Yeah. Uh, oh, and the questions. Yeah. yeah. Like, people think cards are all about fortune telling, and I'm so not about that. Right. Um, and it's not that at all. Um, it's a way for us to, to clearly get guidance and not yes or no. Like, tell me more about what I cannot see. Because yeah. oracle cards are like working with oracle cards is like holding up a big mirror. That doesn't just show you your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like the shelf behind me and the dog. It's, I know, it's showing me all. Sorry, it's okay, baby. Here, you come. Come on. Come with mama. This is a very dog friendly show, so there's sorry. no need for apologies. Oh, yeah. Okay. What a cutie. It's okay. Here we go. There we go. One of them. So cute. Oh, sick today. I know. She's not feeling good. Um, I have three of these. Beautiful. Anyway, so. Thank you. Um, so um, when you ask a question, so it's like holding up a mirror and instead of just seeing the dog, my face and the things behind me, you see all the threads of influence that has created my circumstances mm -hmm. and my thinking and my subconscious and, and the truth of other, you know, synchronicities and, and how I'm going to bump into people along the way and, and, and all the things that I cannot, cannot compute with my brain. Right. Yeah. And I may not mem remember them, but I, and I might be in denial. So it'll show me the truth about everything. And then I, I go, Oh wow, look at that. That I didn't realize that was going to happen. Right. And then give you information so that, and I'm a big believer that we create our reality and that fate and destiny is something that we participate in, mm -hmm. that nothing is written in stone and that we can always course correct. And I know that that's another thing that's addressed in the school is fate versus destiny. So do yep. you mind elaborating a little more, you know, talk yeah. about both and how they differ? Sure. So fate is what you can't change, right? So like the serenity prayer, like I can't change who my parents were. Right. I can't change, you know, like what is fate? It comes to me. Uh, the things that I need that I don't address in myself, like Jung said, whatever you don't bring to consciousness will seemingly yes. come to you as fate, yeah. right? So the stuff that you need to see revealed in your life, destiny is what you create from fate. Right. So destiny is, is, is really like the unfolding of experience that comes when you meet life on life's terms and then you make choices based on that. Mm. You know, so you say like, I'm not fated to be powerless. Like when I, I mean, I was a gang rape survivor and let's just put it that way. Cause I, I would be fated if I did nothing. Um, I would be fated to consistently choose, uh, uh, uh abusive partners. Right. But because I had 
made, I, I devoted myself to a spiritual path and, and devoted myself to, to healing. I have an extremely healthy marriage now with a wonderful man who would, you know, not abusive at all. Yeah. So, so I made a choice. Now my, now my mat, my computer is about to die. Oh no. <laughs> See, this is my office. See everyone, this is my office. Beautiful. And then I, <laughs> I have to go to the desk now. Um, yeah. So, so you, we change, we change fate. We turn fate into destiny when we take, when we take what life gives us and make lemons into lemonade. Yeah. Beautiful. And then another topic that uh, you cover, this sounds like quite a school. We're going to talk about when it launches and how people can find out in a minute, but um, intuition versus interpretation. So what's right. the difference between the two there? Um, I sh- it probably shouldn't have been called versus. So, okay. so yes, but that's fine. Like for example, an interpretation that was created or written by me, yeah. the, the, the define the, and the definition of the card and how it's interpreted when I wrote it. But if your intuition says, yeah, but I wonder if we could apply it this way to that. And then you speak to the person or yourself and go, Oh yeah, that makes sense. But I have to apply it to this. And so it's really more about trusting yourself that regardless of what is written, there's more layers. Like, like I couldn't have written 60,000 pages per card. You know what I mean? So there's other layers of interpretation that Mm. you have, that you learn in the school to be able to be comfortable with. Gotcha. Cool. So you first, you first learn yourself. You first have to learn to use it as a spiritual tool for yourself before we get into reading for other people. So it's, that's, it takes it out of that whole, you know, I'm going to learn how to read cards for people. Um, and, uh, and then, then you, um, use it as a bridge to see how, how you interface with other people and how, you know, people can be, we can mirror each other and experience can experience needs to be shared and how much everybody becomes an Oracle for the next person. It's so fascinating. Yeah. But the, becomes the, the conversation point. Wow. Okay. So then let, let's talk about, I mean, we've talked about some of what you're covering in the school um, and I'm sure there's much more, but how about, Oh yeah. <laughs> How about first of all, when when does this launch? Um, okay, so the school launches um, uh, March March okay. of this year, um, and uh, you just have to go to colletteberenreid forward slash os for information, or just kind of follow me on on my public Facebook page because mm-hmm. we have lots of announcements there and stuff, and we're doing all these like free workshops and videos. Oh, yeah. So people can really get a taste of it before they might be interested. Yeah. Um, so, and it's a six weeks online course with mentors that have studied with me all summer and fall of this past year yeah. who are being trained to be Oracle mentors that will then, you know, so they each group, there'll be small groups like breakout groups and stuff, um, to un- first understand also universal law, like how cards, you know, how it interfaces with universal law because we're we're we ask why do you want to use cards well you want to use cards so that you can create reality so you want to create your own reality and you want to get what you want or like you want to create something that you desire right right so i teach concurrently how universal law interfaces when you work with oracles like what you know so you can ask like well how am i doing in terms of the law of compensation because you can learn a lot about yourself if you're you know skewing one way or the other um, when you when you use both the oracle and then refer to universal law to see like oh yeah I get it this is what I'm co-creating over here it's always about accountability so people really get that they're not victims of the world yeah. that that their response they they can be more responsive more it's really empowered yeah that's that's beautiful it, that's that's part of what my uh, work right. in a different way is helping people remove that victim identity, you know, and, and become more self-empowered, take their power back and, and, and flourish in their life, you know? And that's why I'm so glad to have you on the show because there's so many different ways to do that. And you're a shining example of just another Avenue, you know, it's beautiful. I really believe the worst thing that we can do is take people's power away and get them dependent on you. Like I am so, I'm all about, you do this, you do that. I'm going to show you how to do this for you. I'm going to show you how to unlock your own magic and tune into the magic that's already in the universe. Like that's, it's there waiting for you. You know, you you don't, you don't need a guru. Although 
At the same time, it's good to learn from yeah. people that you admire so that you can apply it to your own life. But ultimately, don't give your power away to other people to fix it. Yeah. You know, we are we, we must be empowered today to be as authentic as we can and to, you know, basically, I guess, if you will, sing the note of our own harmony in the symphony of life. Right. And that's mm. we, we want it to be. We don't want to walk around with a big chip on our shoulder. Yeah. Beautifully said. Couldn't agree more with all. And even if we are victims, FYI, yes, I was a victim. Right, right. I was victimized, truly honest to God. Yeah. Right. But I'm not a victim today. That story, I turned that into serious lemonade. Beautiful. So let me ask you one. Go. I didn't hear you just said. I'm sorry. And anybody can. Anybody can. Absolutely. You are living proof too. Yeah, I didn't think there was any coming back for this guy and uh, somehow still here and, and showing up, you know, so you're right. And and it's beautiful. There's nothing special per se about you or I. We just show up. Right. We follow our inner guidance, our intuition, you know, whichever way we, we find that. And we, yeah, we just show up in the world and serve and help others. My hair color is special. Okay. I'll, so I'll, I'm, my hair color is very I, special. I, I've always appreciated that color. It's a good look on you. So let me ask you, Colette, then before we wrap up, like I said, I, I'm sure there's so much more about the school that, you know, we didn't get to talk about, but what's one thing maybe you'd like to leave the audience with about the school that we didn't talk about? Is there anything that comes to mind that you want to share well, about I want it? people to think of the school like going to Jedi school when you learn to tune into the force. It's like a cross between Hogwarts and Jedi school. Yes. Um, and also that it's a really great community. And again, it's a tool. It's, it's, it's a way for people to really start to believe in magic again, honest to God. It's like to see the miracles in their own life show up for them is really what the school is all about. So if people are at all into this or interested, and it's not for everybody, it's sure. not for anybody who's who thinks that yoga, meditation, and oracles are the devil's work, so they shouldn't come. (laughs) (laughs) They're probably not listening to this conversation anyway, so we're safe, but... (laughs) Yeah, so it's just, it's a great thing. It's just like one of many things, like you said, one of many things. And we're doing level one only um, this spring, and then we're going to relaunch everything again in the fall. But we're giving people an opportunity to jump on with some great mentors. And... uh, People don't want to leave. That's the other thing. That's one of the reasons I started the school because I, I had to come up with something because I had all these people that kept studying with me. Yes. And I'm like, geez, I better I better launch this thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I know. I mean, you you know, you have that way about you. You're very personable. You're, you're light. You're friendly. You're, you know, what you say is easily accessible. And going back, I remember when we were in Phoenix, I would just see the people like everyone wanted a piece of Colette and, you know, like. And I get it. Like it's it's just yes. So you are special in that, right? I, I rescind my earlier comment about us not. No, being no, special, me but, to you. We're both um, special. What the heck? Yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. We are. We're both special and both not. Exactly. Beautifully said. So the website again for for you personally is just ColetteBaronReed.com, which anyone listening scroll down a little. The link will be there. But for the school specifically, it was forward slash os. Colette Baron Reed forward slash OS. Simple, easy peasy. Uh, ColetteBaronReed.com forward slash OS. I think. Jeez, I don't even know. I know there's a box. I know there's a box right on the front page too. Colette Baron, let me check. Yes, let's, let's make sure we have this correct. OS, let's just see. Or OS for Oracle School. Yes, there it is. We got it. Confirmed. Woo. And wait for a while before they're like sparkly. It, it takes a bit to unload, to load. Mm-hmm. It's very, very magical looking. Ooh. So just even just look at it. You'll yes. see it. Just go there to look at it, even if you don't want to do it. Lovely. <laughs> like, I know so I'll be beautiful. doing that today. Wonderful. Well, Colette, thank you so much. Uh, it's a real pleasure. We'll have to have you back on again sometime because there's so much more I know we could talk about. And I always enjoy our conversation. So my friend, thank you. Thank you. All love to you. And uh, again, ColetteBaronReed.com. And uh, it'll be launching in March, the school, correct? Is that what you said? You gotcha. Cool. So we got time. All right, Colette. Thank you so much. Thank you, honey. Thanks, Chris. Bye.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now.